Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Hey, if we haven't met yet, my name's Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here. Good to see you guys. <laughs> no one ever says hi back to me. Thank you, Serenity. Um, great to be here today. Um, hey, I, I got a question. Do you guys, you guys have anything that like your friends and family make fun of you about? Like a little habit you have, something that's kind of become your MO. If you're on Facebook, if you're watching on Facebook, welcome to you. Uh, type in the comments. I'll, I want to read them later. What um, what's an MO that you've picked up that people kind of poke fun of you about? Maybe it's the way you drive or the way you say a certain word or the way you cheer for a sports team, whatever that may be. For me, my kids make fun of me for this habit I do at dinner. When I'm all done with dinner, I put my stuff down, you know, I put my fork down or whatever, I lean back in my chair and I get my napkin it's not usually folded in my pocket, but they always make fun of me when I do this face, and I do this, and that's it. Like, I'm just making sure I get all the food off of my face in one clean swipe. That's it, and so they all, they all lose it, and they giggle, and they laugh, and then they all do it, and they're like, oh, I'm dad, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, Whoa. Habits. Today, we're going to look at a habit that Jesus has. Um, when we read scripture, we see this habit that he does, and, and we want to pick up on it. Um, and today, I want to sell you on that habit. Like, I, I really just want to tell you about this habit. And of course, it's not going to cost you financially. You don't have to buy it. But I'll be honest, like, it, it will cost you. It'll cost you, at, at very least, it'll cost you your time. It'll cost you possibly your comfort. It'll cost you your routine. But like any good investment, it is worth it. It's an investment. And it's not guaranteed that it's an instant payoff. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But like a good investment, it's something that you give into every so often to build up, uh, um, build up an investment. And so the dividends that pay off for doing this thing, they, they pay off for generations. Like this could impact, when you do this, this will impact generations and the people around you. This habit is a kind of prayer that we see from Jesus. It's the one that Jesus invested in heavily. It's had many different names throughout the years. We've uh, called it silent prayer or listening prayer, contemplative prayer, centering prayer. But for today's, for today's purpose, I'm just going to call it contemplative prayer. That's what I'm familiar with. And we'll get to the details of what contemplative prayer entails here in a minute. But first, I want to invite you into a complete place of freedom when it comes to prayer. Like, if you have this guilt that you don't pray enough. I want to free you from that. No one's going to be in trouble today for not praying enough. We're not handing out letter grades for how good your prayer life is today. For those of you that are like, yeah, I've got a great prayer life, you don't get a letter grade today. Sorry. But for those of you that feel like you're inadequate um, or you're a disappointment or you've got guilt or failure or anything like that when it comes to prayer, I, I want to free you from that. More importantly, I think Jesus wants to free you from that. Because those thoughts, they are a scheme from the enemy 
to make you falsely believe that you're not enough, to, to keep you away from prayer. You haven't been pushed away from God. And, and when we believe those lies about prayer, uh, ultimately they keep you from prayer. Because as we'll learn today, like you haven't pushed yourself away from God by not praying. God is near to you. And he won't get any nearer because he's already the nearest he can be to you. So I think if we're going to talk about prayer today, maybe we should start with a little bit of prayer. So let me pray for us today. Jesus, we know that you are here, and we also say that you are welcome here. Today we want to know your nearness. We want to understand your nearness. And I pray for anyone that has uh, guilt or shame about whatever prayer is in lack of prayer or different kinds of prayer, whatever it may be, I pray that you just free them from that and, and fill that void with your presence and with your nearness today. Jesus, we love you. Amen. Well, this morning is not about praying more. I hope you've seen that. Um, it's not even about praying better. I don't think I'm going to give you like a better way to pray today. It's just about praying differently. That's what I want to invite you to do today is pray differently. And contemplative prayer, it opens ourselves to God's life-renewing presence. That's our vision statement here at Life. We'll tell you all about it if you come to Life 101. There's a plug, uh, February 12th. But in contemplative prayer, we open ourselves to God's life-renewing presence. Our mission statement is inviting others into God's life-renewing presence. And it fosters love, and it renews the fruit of the Spirit within us. It's where we learn to know with the deepest understanding. Just as Jesus does, we have unity with God as his dearly loved children. All right, so let me tell you what contemplative prayer is. It's three things. Um, and I, I gave them all R's so that you could remember. They're, it's release to refocus. I'm sorry, it's four things. Uh, release to refocus, receive, record, and reflect. So let me explain, explain those for a second, and then I'll show you in Jesus' life how he... Uh, how he does this. Uh, release to refocus. So when we do contemplative prayer, um, you have to find a silent space. You have to find a space where you'll be interrupted, and that takes work. And I know that we can sometimes think like, oh, like today's generation and, and what we're living in today, we're so distractible, but I don't think it's really any different than what it was 2,000 years ago. I think we just, we've, oh, humanity's always found ways to distract ourselves from God. To get a, to, um, and so we have to get away. We have to leave. We have to find silence and space. I remember Liz in our last house, when we had little kids at home. I guess we still have little kids at home. But she, she had a closet, and she'd go hide in the closet. And the kids would be like, where's mom? And it was my job to be like, I don't know. And they, they didn't know about the closet. And that's where she would hide and have her prayer time. So, uh, find silence and space. So, release to refocus. You're releasing all of the worries of the world or anything that pops into your head, like, what's for lunch? Um, are the Bengals going to win today? I'm, I'm cheering for the Bengals today. Uh, so, I say yes. Um, you know, we release all of that. We, all, we let that go. And so, when I start contemplative prayer, I set up my phone timer for two minutes. Two minutes, I set it to the side, and I just let all this stuff go. And it helps to have like a centering 
words, something like Jesus. So I might bring myself back to Jesus' presence by just saying, Jesus, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, come. And I'll just keep bringing myself here. I was talking to a friend this weekend who he pictures himself on a mountain that is God, that is immovable, and the weather is like all the things in his life, and he just lets it go by. You know, like here's this worry, and he just lets it go by, and he focuses on Jesus, the mountain that he's with. You can also, it helps to picture Jesus physically next to you, like in the seat next to you. You can do that. So that's two minutes. You're releasing to refocus on Jesus, who is with you and near you. And then the second step is to receive. And you can just read a scripture, a psalm or a gospel is what I would suggest. So um, a scripture from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And just pick a couple verses, maybe two, maybe four, maybe five. And you just read those. And you ask God, hey, what are you speaking to me here? What does the scriptures mean? What are you saying to me? What's highlighted right now? And you read them slowly, a couple of times. And then the third thing you do is record. And just record what Jesus is saying to you. Maybe it's two sentences. Maybe it's two pages. Whatever you want to do. Um, You just record what God is saying to you and then reflect. Take another silent two minutes to chat with Jesus about what you wrote down. Um, and maybe in that time, he's, uh, he tells you that uh, maybe there's like this affirmation of that he loves you. Maybe he convicts you of something that you need to um, say sorry for, something like that. So, release to refocus on Jesus. Receive, that's where you read scripture. Record what Jesus is saying to you, and then reflect. And that's contemplative prayer. And here's what I want to tell you today. We're going to practice this at the end of my sermon. So I'm going to, I've shortened my sermon to 20 minutes, hopefully. And then we're going to take 10 minutes, and then we're going to practice this. And you don't need to say anything out loud. You don't need to get up or anything. We're going to sit in our seats, and it'll be silent. I, I don't need, we're not going to have music on or anything. It'll just be silent. And I'll, I'll guide you through this. We'll walk through it together. I think it would be so much more helpful for me to do this with you guys than just to talk about it for an extra 10 minutes. So... I'll stop early and we'll do that. Now, I've got a few points for you. So there are lots of prayer models out there, right? Like you guys have probably heard of the ACTS prayer model, right? That's, um, that's where you use the acronym of ACTS, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, praying for others, um, to walk you through prayers. There's the five-finger prayer model. Have you guys heard of this one where like the thumb, you pray for the people closest to you? Uh, The pointer finger is like the people who guide you, like uh, leaders in your life or mentors. Um, The middle finger, you pray for the people you hate. Just just kidding. (laughs) I shouldn't do that. I'm going to get myself in trouble. It's it's actually for, this is bad. Okay. Uh, Don't do impromptu jokes, Dan. Um, Because the middle finger is actually like uh, leadership, like um, politicians and like bosses and stuff, and maybe those people you don't like. So, okay, all right, so um, pray for them. Pray for your enemies. That's what Jesus says. Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) So these are great guides to prayer. They're really helpful. Um, if If you use them like I have, keep using them. If you find them helpful, they're good. They keep you on track. They give you an idea of what to pray, pray for. Um, they're great. They're useful. I'm not telling you to stop using them today. Um, but contemplative prayer is 
unique to these in that it does not seek to accomplish a task or a goal or check things off of a list. Contemplative prayer's aim is simply just to focus on God's presence with us, that he is near. Contemplative prayer is simply the unhurried opening of oneself to God through silence, scripture, and self-examination. We aren't trying to accomplish anything. We're not trying to please God. We're not trying to uh, pull down blessings for ourselves or others. The aim, if that, ha- that might happen, then that's great. But the aim for this is simply to be in the presence of God. So let me show you some of the record we have of Jesus' prayer life. And um, there are plenty of other scriptures. I, I had to cut some of them out, but I think it's just most important just to look at Jesus' life and what he's doing. Now, he, he's experienced silence in prayer. So uh, Matthew 14, uh, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. So he's praying alone on a mountain, silence. Uh, Mark 6, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, it was at this time when he went off to the mountain to pray, and he went the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1, in the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place, and he was praying there. Uh, Luke 9, he was praying alone. Um, Luke 5, but Jesus himself would often, that's his habit, slip away to the wilderness and pray. So what wisdom can we glean from Jesus here? Always be running away from people, right? Just kidding, don't do that. But he got away. He got away into the silence where he could be uninterrupted and only just focus on prayer, which is our relationship with God. He's seeking silence. He's going to a place where he can be uninterrupted. He's putting himself in a position to connect with his heavenly father. His aim here is just to be with God. If Jesus makes a habit out of seeking God in the silence, shouldn't we? Jesus is tapping into two things here. Um, That you and I, as children of God, can experience as well. So I've got two more points for you. And then we'll test out uh, contemplative prayer here. The first is that the Bible tells us that God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. God is closer to you than you are to yourself. Closer to you than your spouse. Closer to you than your kids. Closer to you than your best friend. Closer to you than your phone. Like he is near you more than you are yourself. And so when we enter into prayer, we recognize and embrace God's nearness and presence in our lives. We get this idea from uh, lots of different scriptures in the Bible, but I, I found uh, Acts 17 to be really unique, where Paul is teaching people who don't know about Jesus, about Jesus. And he's comparing Jesus to their stone and gold and impersonal gods. He's comparing those gods to the personal, relational, in-the-flesh God of Jesus, of the Bible. And he tells them, this is Acts 17, 24. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he does not live in man-made temples. The question there would be, then where does he live? If I'm there and I'm like, they're probably in city center, 
you know, where they can see other temples. They're like, well, we're, we built these temples. Where, where does God live? Uh, and then he continues, we'll answer that in a, in a minute. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. We, me included, I think this is just a human trait, uh, tend to get this notion that because we can't see or feel God in certain times, that he must be far away. He must be far from us. And that to, uh, to bring him close, we must do certain things or have certain behaviors, and then Jesus will come near to us. He'll come out of his hiding spot, and he'll come near to us. But friends, God's not a turtle, like, he doesn't hide in his shell when we do something wrong or we do something he doesn't like. He is with us always. God doesn't play hide and seek. He is near us always. Prayer, especially contemplative prayer, begins in the truth that God is near, that God is with us. Our prayers are useless in bringing God closer because he's already close. Contemplative prayer simply brings our attention to his nearness. Jesus' whole life operates out of this truth, out of this nearness and unity with God the Father. And you and I are invited into that exact same unity that Jesus has with God the Father. And it only happens through the death and life and resurrection of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Here's a quote. Um, this, this whole sermon series right now over the last uh, three weeks, four weeks including today, we're going through this book called Good and Beautiful and Kind by Rich Velotis. And, and here's, uh, here's a quote from that. Contemplative prayer is a recognition that our prayers do not bring God to us, but position us to grow in awareness of God's nearness. In contemplative prayer, we don't summon God, but we fix our hearts on truth that he is always summoning us to communion with him. Do you know God's nearness today? If you don't, or you want to know it more, a great starting point is contemplative prayer. Point number two, contemplative prayer is our yes to God's yes. It's our yes to God's yes. Many times, when I'm up here, you guys, you guys have heard me say, if, if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, today is a perfect day to say yes to Jesus for the first time. And I always put that out there because it's my way of inviting people in to the life-renewing presence of Jesus. And I always want to give people the opportunity to do that. So if you haven't said yes to Jesus, you got to do that today. Say, uh, you can come talk to me after service and I'll walk you through what it means to say yes to Jesus. Um, but I bring that up now because in the vineyard we have this phrase, and it goes like this, the way in is the way on. The way in is the way on. 
What we mean by that is how we begin our lives with Jesus is how we continue our lives with Jesus. Saying yes to Jesus isn't just like a one-time thing, but it's something we continue to choose every day. Saying yes to Jesus is the way in, and it's the way on. When we say yes to him for the first time, we're saying, God, I know you are near. Be at home in my life. And with that invitation, the God of the universe takes up permanent residence in our souls, with us. Remember that verse in um, Acts that that Paul said where God doesn't live in man-made temples? Where does he live then? We are given the answer in 1 Corinthians and a few other scriptures, but I like 1 Corinthians, and he teaches that we are a temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in us. And then in Jesus' own words in John 15, Jesus says that if we say yes to him, he will dwell in us. He will be at home in us. Because, not because we've said yes to him, but because he's already said yes to us. He said yes to us when he humbly came to the earth he created to demonstrate his way of love. He said yes to us when he died on the cross, taking the penalty for our sins, our wrongdoings. He said yes to us when he rose from the grave three days later, conquering death with and for us so that we can have eternity with him, not just in the afterlife, but starting here, now, today. He said yes to us when he gifted us with his permanent nearness through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Contemplative prayer is a way in which we posture ourselves toward him and say yes to him. We say yes to his presence. We say yes to his work in our lives. And in contemplative prayer, and really all prayer, we, we can discover his purpose for us, his plans for us. We can know the pleasure that he has for us. We uncover our personhood. Our very identity is uncovered in the presence of Jesus. So we're going to practice that now. It'll be about 10 minutes. Hey, Pastor Dan from the future here. I'm interrupting the podcast to say that if I was listening right now, if I was listening to a podcast, it would be really easy for me just to like stop here, right? And not finish the podcast. And I I really want to encourage you to try contemplative prayer. Go find a space, find some solitude. It's it's 10 more minutes. Um, and if you can, go find that now. If you're in your car and you got kids screaming because you didn't bring the right snack, well, maybe this isn't the right time. But if you can find some time later, pause it. Find the time to do this contemplative prayer. And let Jesus minister you to you through it. So if you can, keep going. If you're not able to, give it a pause and then pick it up. Make some time. Schedule some time for yourself. Just 10 minutes to walk through this prayer with us. All right, we'll get back to the prayer right here. Again, we're going to start um, with just silence, just two minutes of silence. And I'll, I'll, I'll walk us through this. And I'm going to sit down here so I'm not a distraction. If you could just turn the screen to the worship slide or something, the, the purple or the whatever color you choose, and you can get comfortable. If you want to have a posture of open hands while you're sitting there, like you're receiving from God, you can do that. Whatever's comfortable for you. And so for the first two minutes, we will picture Jesus near us, with us, and just let all those distractions go by. And then I'll read some scripture to you. Um, 
And then I'll encourage you, I assume you don't have pens and pencils, so you can get out your phone and type something out. Get out your notepad. Type something out that God's saying to you. And then the last two minutes, I'll just leave the last two minutes just to reflect on what that is, what, what Jesus was saying to you. So this is different today. It's a little bit different. And um, I just want to encourage you to embrace it and receive what God has for you today. So you can leave my mic on. I'm going to sit down. I'll walk us through this. And Victoria, do you mind hitting those lights? Holy Spirit, come. your nearness. These are the words of Jesus from John 15, talking to his followers. I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you. And put you in the world to bear fruit. Fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another.
who've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit. Fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command. Love one another. I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you. and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. So take a moment to, to jot down, maybe in your phone or if you've got pen and paper, jot down what you heard from that, what words stuck out to you, what phrases stuck out to you, what, what mattered to you in there, what was Jesus bringing to the forefront of your mind as you heard those words?
Now take a moment, just reflect on that for another two minutes. Reflect on what Jesus is saying to you. Have a conversation with him. He is near to you. He is with you. Jesus, thank you that you are near us. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you're not a turtle and that you don't hide and run from us, that you're always near. Help us to know that. Jesus, we love you. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org.